0: Good morning. Uh, again, let me re- uh, thank you for your support and prayers for UFI at Penn State. I'm Richard Smith. I'm the campus um, minister. And you really help us reach the nearly 9,000 international students there from 142 different countries. Every day I get up, there's something new. It's never the same because there's so many countries and so much need for the gospel. I encourage you to turn to, in your scriptures, to Psalm 96. <clears> o <throat> sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For grace the Lord and greatly to be praised. For he is to be feared above all gods. And all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are uh, in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, all families of peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of of holiness. Tremble for him and all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exalt. Let everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy. For the Lord, he, uh, for he comes. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the earth in righteousness and the people in faithfulness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word. We pray that you would take it and use it to our hearts, Father. Change our hearts. Give us encouragement today. For us, in Christ's name I pray. Amen. One of the joys about working at Penn State with all the internationals is all the different types we have there. Uh, my second year there, we we had a welcome picnic, and some several internationals came. That I, I was I was not familiar with them, and one was from Brazil and one was from Mexico. It turned out they were international musicians. Uh, one one. Uh, played the viola which at that point i didn't know what that was um, and another one played uh, played the bass and uh, we, we were talking and i invited them to our bible study and lo and the whole that next tuesday when we had our bible study they came well they enjoyed themselves next week they brought two more international musicians and those four the next week brought two more and the next week, those six bought two more until we had six international musicians coming to our Bible study. And uh, they, they were talking to me about coming to, our, to their first concert. So I went to it, and I was sitting there in the audience looking at the pages, and I knew everybody that came to our Bible study by name. And i have been looking at them, and all their names were, were blacked out. Uh, they were, they were, they were uh, the first name in each section was blacked out. And was this name and that name. And it said, beside it, principal. And so I realized that every single principal in that orchestra, and the principal is a leader of a section, came to our Bible study. I was amazed. And, and when they started playing music, it was great stuff. For an hour and a half, two hours, I forget how long it was, and and I've enjoyed many more times of that since then. I have to admit, I'm not a classical connoisseur. Um, my my music ability stopped at you know Pink Floyd or something like that. So, but um, they um, but they were just wonderful musicians, and how they played and how they played together was so great to see. That reminds me of our psalm this morning. Now, the psalm is God's songbook. And in the psalm, God is talking about singing, about coming before the Lord and singing the gospel to the world around us. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. Just like that symphony gave that beautiful presentation of music, time after time again, all singing with, all coming and playing with one, so we are to take the gospel and do the same thing. So with that, let's dig in and see what God's going to teach us. First of all, singing the good news of our king. First couple of verses. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Uh, singing by its nature comes from the heart. When do you sing? Do you sing in the, uh, in the shower do you sing in the morning when you get up in the morning? Do, do you not sing at all? But, but singing tells you about what is in your heart. Uh, when you hear the old tunes when you were uh, maybe dating your wife, they bring back tremendous mem- memories. Because those come from the heart. From the heart. You know, when I was in the, my last pastorate, I was there 15 years. And I was not noted for my musical abilities. In fact, uh, after the first week, they started cutting my microphone off during the songs because we were on the radio, and they didn't want the radio people to be scared off. And so, um, so we, uh, uh, but I would always joke with my congregation. If I, I said, if I'm re- ever ready to leave, that Sunday I will sing a solo. <laughs> and uh, I said that for a couple of years. Naturally, I forgot about it. And then I announced that I was going to come up here to work at Penn State. And they remembered that. And so they said, you're going to sing a solo your last Sunday here. It took, two or three weeks I practiced. (laughs) And a couple of our musicians almost gave up on me. But uh, but I managed to get through it. I sang a song that last Sunday there. I sang it, I knew it well enough, but I sang it well. And, and, and but not not to their degree, but well for me, and uh, it, it was a great thing that happened. Uh, and I thought, oh, I pulled it off, I managed to get this. Nobody else is going to know about this. Unbeknownst to me, my daughter recorded it video recorded it and put it on Facebook the next day. So, a thousand Facebook friends heard me sing, and none of them invited me to their church for that. I don't know why. But, um, but, you know, it's, it's when there's a joy in your heart and also a sadness in your heart as I was leaving. You see, this is God's, uh, the Psalms are God's music book. It is God, people directed by the Holy Spirit, to sing a new song. It says, sing a new song. What is that new song he's talking about there? That new song is the gospel. That new song is salvation from Jesus Christ. That is the song that we sing. And even back there in the Old Testament, the song of salvation comes for the Lord. The song is a song of God's salvation. God gives us a new heart, gives us a new creation. And we can't but sing for it. But also tell other people about it. Uh, we cannot keep this under wraps. You cannot. You cannot guess what God did? You have a relationship with the almighty king of the universe. Imagine that. The God who made all this, you now have a relationship with. So we sing this to the Lord. It says, Sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day. That is our job, guys, this tell of the salvation of God from A to day, and not be silent. You're, we're part of a great symphony that God calls the church. And each one of them has our parts. But one of the parts we do play is the message of the gospel. Not everybody, not everybody plays at the same time in the symphony, but you're all part of the whole. And that's what we are about doing today, what God has called us to do. The call is to let the music of the good news resound from every part of the world, even in places where it's hidden. That's part of what I do. You know, uh, ever heard of the 1040 window? Those are are the, the people that reside in that window, reside in the least reached parts of the world. In some places, it's a very dangerous place to be. Every country in a 1040 window is represented at Penn State. And guess what? We get to tell them about the gospel. We get to tell them about the gospel. Because even in the dark places, the gospel will resound. Even in the dark places. See, we must take our communication, our message of the gospel, and realize it's, it's a hot communication. It needs to be out there. It needs to be constantly brought forth from pulpits not only here, but also out there. You know, when you're in the marketplace, we're in schools, whatever organization you belong to, it is your opportunity to sing forth the gospel. To those, those, to those that are around you in the good news. So. Let's look further. Our second point is this we declare the good news to a world filled with idols. Look at verse, verse 4 For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, for it is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him, and strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Now, what is an idol? Well, traditionally, we believe idols are statues or things that are made. We can define them this way. They are images that are made by man. And often we look at idols as being from Greek culture or Egypt, uh, culture in Egypt, or Roman culture. But you know there's a people group today that's one of the largest in the world that still worship idols. Can somebody tell me that? I know you're Presbyterians. You're not supposed to speak during worship. But I'm going to make you do that. All right. All right. Who's that? What kind, What people group is that? Indians. That's right. Indians. Imagine that. We live in this part of the, of the uh of The later part, uh, first part of the 21st century, and here a whole people group—one point, probably more than that, uh, probably more like 1.6 billion people still worship idols. When I first started working at the internationals, we had a, a Hindu man by the name of Bigram that came to our group. Bigram had an interesting thing happen to him when he came over the seas. And he, uh, he landed, he's from Nepal, he landed in KFJ, JFK, and was hungry. And he went up to the, to the grill there and saw, uh, what, he said, well, what can I eat? He, said, he looked up and he says, hamburger, hamburger, hamburger. He said, oh, I can eat this. They all have ham in it. <laughs> so the Hindus can't eat ham. Now, I'm He humans can't eat beef because of the cow. And so for two weeks he was here, he ate nothing but hamburgers. And he met me. And we were talking one day, and I took him out to eat, and, and we ate, we're at this restaurant. He ordered a hamburger. I thought that was sort of strange. And I looked at him and I said, Bigram, do uh, you like hamburgers? He said, Yes, yes. He said, when I got here, it was the only thing I could eat because they have ham in it and I had to tell him the truth and I said Bigram you know you've been eating cow ever since you've been here and he he just melted he uh, he had to send away to to um, Nepal to his mother for some holy holy uh, water to sort of cleanse himself with after doing that and uh, then at the same time he took me upstairs to his room and he said I want to show you something so we walked in and he met a he had a little table off to the side there, and he pulled, a, pulled off um, a sheet and he said, My God. And I don't know if you've ever had a God presented to you before. That was something new to me. And, uh, and it's sort of an elephant looking deity. I, uh, and, and so I, I just sort of nodded, and later on was able to talk to him a lot about was that a real God or not? But those are idols that are still at work in this world. But there are other type of idols. Those idols are idols of the heart. An idol of the heart is a thing or a person that you hope will give you life-meeting, purpose, acceptance, approval, or satisfaction. This idol is the center of your life. A God is something or someone you live for. It is a false hope. False hopes can be made into idols. Things that are valuable, gifts from God, are often worthless false idols. Things like intelligence, culture, family, friends, whatever, can be made an idol of the heart. And that's what we face in our culture. People make idols out of anything. I had a friend of mine. He made an idol out of cars. He had 36 of them. Yeah, and I had another friend. He His idol was sports. I had other friends. And, he, and these idols take the place of God in their lives. They think it brings meaning until it's taken away and they have nothing left. Because you worship an idol of heart, it doesn't take anything but a fire, thieves to steal and other things. That's one of the problems about internationals that come to America. They, they, they began to create their own idols too. They, materialism. Uh, I, I've heard many internationals talk about how wealthy they want to be, and they are going to be wealthy one time if they go through with their studies. But it's because of that, if they fail, they crumble down. We have idols of the heart. Every culture has they in the world. They're called idols of the heart. And John Calvin, in fact, oh, I'm glad I mentioned Calvin. Do you know if you ever want to get a Presbyterian's uh, attention, you say John Calvin. And the people in the back row will actually wake up. And, because and they, oh, Calvin. You know, Calvin said this Our hearts are idol factories. And that's truth. There's some truth to that. There really is. But one of the things we're to do is declare the kingship of our Lord Jesus over the idols of the world and and the heart. To tell of his works among the nations. To tell and to call people with the message of the Lord Jesus Christ, of the good news. Let it resound. The Lord is active and working in this world and we share the beauty of God's creation with it. You know, in the last verse, it's talking about the beauty of creation, splendor uh, and majesty are before Him, strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. The beauty of creation. Uh, my first year at Penn State, we had uh, a number of Chinese guys that came, and two of them were astronomers, and getting their PhD. And they used to call me up and tell me to come up to the astronomy building and go up into the, uh, where they had the teleco- telescopes. And they always waited until 1 o'clock in the morning. I don't know why. Uh, you know, grad students never sleep. But they would call me up and say, come on up here. I'd get up there around 1.30 and we'd go up there and we'd look through these telescopes and we'd be looking at galaxies. Galaxies, guys. And it made me just be thankful that I knew the God that created all that. And I tell them that. That, listen, I know the God that did this. The stuff that that you peer out through these telescopes, I know the God that put them in place. You know, the beauty of God's creation. See, we are called to declare the good news to a world that is in darkness. We shed the light. We cause the music to resound, the music of the gospel to resound in places that, that there's no music. There's no happiness. and Yet we understand that true happiness comes from knowing the, the God of the universe through his son, Jesus Christ. We know that, and we need to share it. We don't need to keep it to ourselves. It's because we are part of the symphony of, of God's people. That's all churches are, guys. It's a symphony. Everybody does its part, and it all has one goal: to let the music resound. And the goal of the church is let the gospel resound. So you may not, you may say to me, "Well, I don't play instrument." You are an instrument. God has created you to be part of a church, part of the living church of God. And you're part of it because you're part of it. You're part of the symphony. You don't have to play a violin. One of our violinists one time asked me, he said, you want to learn how to play? I said, I don't want to ruin your your instrument. He said, oh, you can't do that. And I did a couple things. She said, she took it away from me. She said, I don't want you to ruin my instrument (laughs) i told you Well, it's not like that you're a part of the gospel that's going out and telling others you see we are to point the world to the true god who is our king to worship look with me in verse eight ascribe to the lord the glory do his name Uh, bring an offering come into his courts worship the lord in the splendor of holiness Tremble before him, all the earth. Say among the nations, and it's what we say, the Lord reigns when you say and tell people about the gospel. You're saying that to them, that Jesus reigns in your heart, in your life, in his church. For the people to know, it calls us to come before him. We worship him because he is our king. He is our sovereign Lord. Our sovereign Lord. I heard a story, uh, it's been years now, of a gentleman named Turgay. Turgai was born in, in Turkey in Istanbul. And from a young age, he knew that Islam was not right. In fact, he, he found the Bible when he was very young and began to devour it. And actually became a Christian from this reading the Bible. Who would know? And he he came to his mom and dad and said, "Listen, I want to go to school, but I don't want to go to school here in Turkey. I want to go to South Korea." And you may think that's pretty strange, but he had found a pamphlet for a Bible school that was in South Korea that he he also could get a a, 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 a um, also, and he uh, he asked his parents. His parents, "Sure, we'll pay for it." So they did. And you know, it happens that that that, that uh, school was Presbyterian. Did you know this? There are more Presbyterians in Korea than there are in the entire United States. Look it up. It's true. And so he went over there, got, got his d degree, came back as a full-fledged preacher, came back to Istanbul to plant a church. Now, Istanbul, of course, Turkey is a Muslim country. He had to get permission to plant this church. And so he, uh, he went to the secretary of state, the person that gave you permission to plant a church, and the, the secretary of state said, listen, I need what you believe, and he gave him the Westminster Confession of Faith. And the guy went home and read it. The next day he comes to Turgai and says, oh, you can, you can plant your church. He said, y'all believe in predestination. We, we're Muslims, believe that too. They don't believe quite the same, but, it, but to him it did. And so they, they gave him permission to plant this church. Going forward about four or five years, uh, he, he wanted to plant more churches, but he needed help. So he, came, he found out about this little Presbyterian denomination called PCA. And he flew to Atlanta, uh, got a cab, and th- deposited him in front of the MTW, uh, uh, Bishops of the World's headquarters. He walks in the door. He looks at the, looks at the deceptions. He says, My name is Turk. I am from Turkey. I want to plant churches in Turkey, and y'all need to help me. And of course, people thought he was insane. Until they looked him up. They kept him around, looked up what he was about and everything, and he found out he was the real deal. And so that began a long process, which now there are church planners in Turkey. A friend of mine was one of the first group that went there. And that's because they believe in the sovereign God. Because we believe in the sovereign God, we know that what we say and do is going to reach out there. Because we worship a king that's a, that, that has set sovereignty in our hearts. They understand. He's also going to judge the world. He's going to be coming back to judge the world. Look with me in uh, verse 11 and following. Uh, excuse me, verse 10. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the the world is established; it will never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Our Lord Jesus is coming back to judge the world. C.S. Lewis, in his uh, book *Chronicles of Narnia*, uh, Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe, said this: "That Aslan, who is the Christ figure in in, his tril- in, in that particular book, Aslan is not a safe lion." What he meant by that, the athlete is going to do what he wants to do. But one thing he is, he is a good lion. We can trust him. We can trust Jesus. Even in judgment, we can trust Jesus. You see, we call the world to worship the Lord because there is no other. The idols are idols. They're silent. Whether they be idols of the heart or idols you make him worship. They are silent. But we have a God who is not silent, who is at work in this world. Now, how do I uh, apply all this? First of all, the message cannot be kept in these walls. Y'all have a nice church here, uh, really nice church. You know, I, I once uh, was an intern in a church that was... Uh, uh, the church had existence since 1763. But this is nicer. You know, I'm a nice church. But guess, guess what? If you keep the message in this walls, guess what? You're going to die. Because the message has to go out there. And because you're instruments in God's favor, because you're instruments in His symphony, you need to take it out there. That's what I do at at Penn State. You know, eight years ago, there was no RUFI. And now there is. And we see the work of the gospel affect people every day. People from all over the world. Last year in our group, nearly 48 different nationalities came. In fact, the same thing can happen to you here the people around you. Secondly, we should be revealers of false idols of the heart. We need to show people where their their idols are worthless. Uh, To to challenge people about their idols of the heart. That they don't hold true salvation. They only hold hope for the day and not for the morrow. Thirdly, we need to To model the worship of God for the people around us. You know, when you when you come to this building and your car is parked out there, did you know you're making a statement? Did you realize that? That when you park your car out here and they know people around you know your car is here, they know that you're here for a reason. And that is to worship God. That is a witness to your community. When you're here. And finally, remember you're part of the symphony of the gospel. You may have never played an instrument in your life, but God has made you part of this symphony to take the gospel out there. So what you need to do is get up, walk out these doors, and take the music with you that you hear every Sunday morning. And the music of the gospel, of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do that. And the symphony will grow. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you that is working out in our lives. That we are truly a part of the great symphony of the Lord Jesus Christ bringing the music of the gospel to the world around us. Lord, help us as we do so. For us in Christ's name, we pray, amen.